Citizen Reporter number 379, 27th of May, 2011. They got it. They understand democracy by doing what they are doing better than we do in the West. in Western Europe with our anti-immigrant parties and so on and so on. So I'm proud for them. The moment you fight tyranny, we are solidary. No clash of civilizations. We all know what we mean. No miscommunication here. Hello and welcome to another edition of CitizenReporter.org. This is the podcast that focuses on underreported news and global concerns on the road doing a solo podcast here in the United States, in New Jersey, in the home I grew up in. You may be wondering why there hasn't been a podcast in a week or so. It is that I've been traveling here in the United States, visiting family, celebrating some uh, major moments in the in the lives of my family members, and in the process, keeping busy, going from New York City around New Jersey to Philadelphia and to Washington, D.C., and I haven't had a chance to do a podcast, but I have been watching the news, and of course I have been reading things coming out on the various social networks. I've been tweeting the things that I'm concerned about, as many of you do follow me on Twitter. That's, of course, Bicycle Mark. I'm still using that name on Twitter. You can find me there. And the issue I wanted to speak about today is one that you may or may not be following in the news, and that is the demonstrations throughout Spain. You'll recall just a short while ago I was in Spain, or perhaps you don't, for those of you who follow citizenreporter.org, I was in Madrid uh, just playing some ultimate frisbee, and at that time these protests had not begun because only on 15th, the 15th of May, did people throughout Spain begin to assemble in, t- in the center of the cities, various cities throughout the country, and they began to camp And I was notified by my correspondents in both Madrid and Barcelona that indeed people had been camped out in the city squares demanding reform of the political system. People feel unrepresented. Not only unrepresented, they feel like whether there are two or three choices, the leaders seem to serve the same interests, that of the banks, that of the financial system, that of perhaps the wealthy And indeed, many people, if you know any people living in Spain, unemployment is rampant. And a general feeling that there is nothing out there for them is plaguing a lot of people. And they're looking to their government to act in a way and to, to function in a way in, that would help them in their in their crisis at the moment, to help the country in this crisis. And indeed, the government looks quite helpless. Now, as these protests have been going on, I've been following it in the news. It doesn't come on the front page very often. I look to, I have Al Jazeera opened in front of me. I consult in Spanish, I consult El País, where there are articles and video, very shocking video. If you haven't seen it, just go to elpais.com. 
Even if you don't speak Spanish, look for the video, press play, because what you'll see is the kind of beatings that you would think were taking place in some dictatorship, some, some ruthless dictatorship where people aren't allowed to protest, and what's going on in Spain is kind of unbelievable, and that people link arms and sit down and then take the beating that police are handing out. I mean, it, it, it shocks me that people don't just... You know, if, imagine, the, the police are humans. They're probably neighbors of yours somewhere in the country. So they are humans with families, they are regular people, but they have a job that, that implies this sort of... Well, you're a police officer, you have various responsibilities and duties. And it's unbelievable to me that these people are acting like such... Well, non-humans, like such robots. How do you... You know, there are stories from the old times in the United States when strikers, uh, people would go on strike for, for better working conditions. I'm talking about the late 1800s, early 20s. And the police would join them because, of course, they knew each other. They had the same concerns, the same interests. And surely a lot of these police that are beating the crap out of protesters, they probably have children who are also unemployed. They may even have children who are in the protest somewhere. And yet they swing the batons and they kick and whatever they're doing. It's unbelievable. And it's not fabrication. It is happening. Uh, I'm sure there are many police in Spain that aren't beating the crap out of demonstrators, but there are far too many doing it. So I wanted to bring up this topic. I mean, they're, they're demanding reform. They're demanding, of course, that's easy to demand that the, the prime minister step down. He's already, already announced, uh, if I have this correct, he won't be uh, running again in the coming elections. I think this year there are still uh, elections to come. Uh, but they're also demanding, you know, some better policies in regards to... Uh, the future in regards to employment and education. You have all these people, I know many myself, who are involved in, in jobs programs and training for this so-called job that they'll be qualified for when they come out. And when they're finished with their training, there is no such job. And, you know, we've always been promised all over the world, if you, if you go to college, you're going to be ready for that job. There is no job nowadays, and this is not just taking place in Spain. But I look to Spain as a, as a, a what should be a beacon of, of ideas, of, of progressive uh, policies, and suddenly it's just the complete opposite. And so uh, the images from today, the 27th of May, are from Barcelona, and the, and the, the people carrying banners, vamos a la plaza, trying to get to the city square to stand there and they're somewhat inspired of course by the demonstrations taking place throughout the arab world indeed many of those demonstrations are not going well what once was hoped to be a peaceful or or a peace well mostly peaceful effort from tunisia to egypt to well now no longer can we say libya uh down to yemen which is also turning something else, not peaceful, Syria, a terrible situation. A lot of what we've been talking about, police brutality, certainly applies there. But I am most surprised at Spain and how, and I can see one reason why it's more underreported in uh, in English language media especially, because so many of the reports are coming out in Spanish. Um, this is, of course, a disadvantage to those who don't speak Spanish, and I think one of the bigger problems is that we tend to ignore media that is not in a language we understand, even though, as I pointed out, we live in an era of video. You can press play, you can see images. 
you're, you, there's no need to completely ignore media which you don't understand. I myself follow people who tweet in German, although I don't speak very good German. I still follow the tweets. I look at them. I click on the links if they're from people or news sources that interest me, that, that I know because other German friends have told me, that are worthy of following. I trust my friend's opinion after spending many, much time with them. So I don't have to speak German to follow news coming out in German about the world. I can look at the photos. I can look at the images. I can even look at the headlines. Lines, but okay, but maybe people, that's too difficult for people. Still, this is one of those cases where as I look across the media, okay, here I have Al Jazeera, certainly you can see on the BBC, there are English reports coming out, and there's surely English-speaking people, plenty, uh, in the town squares, in the city squares in Spain. But it, it does become a sort of ghetto if you look for tweets, uh, as I asked my sources in Spain, give me people tweeting from the squares. And it was said, well, there's not so many people tweeting in English, and maybe that's a problem for you. And I said, no, give me people who are tweeting in Spanish. And indeed, I, I looked up, as you can, uh, 15M, 15th of May, or even 22nd of May is another one. The 15th of May was the first, I believe, and that is the, the hashtag, the, the call sign, if you will, for the Spain demonstrations, which are ongoing and just seem to be getting worse in terms of how the authorities are, are firing on people with rubber bullets, are dragging them through the streets, and the, and the feeling that, that it's, it's the people versus the government, when in fact the government should be, of course, of the people. Uh, so I wanted to point that out. I wanted to do a, a podcast on this topic. Uh, I also wanted to make sure to do a few follow-ups. Let me pull up, uh, just take a second here, I'll pull up my blog, because... One of the disadvantages of being so interested in so many conflicts and, and issues around the world is, I confess, uh, I don't do enough follow-up. So, let's look back a bit. Uh, you'll recall the Nadia Plesner case, where an artist, a Danish artist, art student, in fact, in the Netherlands, was being sued by Louis Vuitton, or Vuitton, in, uh, in the Netherlands, for using uh, or for painting, depicting their bag in her painting, Darfurnica. Well, uh, you may have read, but I'll tell you now, indeed, uh, just over a week ago, more than a week ago, the beginning of May, May 4th, I have it, uh, the judge in the case ruled in favor of Nadia Plesner, uh, she does not have to pay the unbelievable fines. She is not guilty of some kind of intellectual property rights uh, uh, infringement. Uh, I've spoken with Nadia. She wrote to me and said thank you to everyone who, who was supporting her. And indeed, I'm sure we'll hear from her in the future as she is such a, a creative person and is, is so concerned about what's going on in Darfur. So, so there you have it. I mean, you recall that Nadia was a guest on the program. I was in the courtroom. I've written about this subject on citizenreporter.org. The Ivory Coast issue, you, we had Pauline on just over a month ago. At this point, probably more time than that. But uh, you know that Pauline was talking about this conflict between Bagbo, the current president of Ivory Coast, and Ouattara, the elected president, uh, indeed, you must know by now, but I, I'll confirm it, that uh, pro-Watara forces uh, who are supported by the international community 
unfortunately through violent means, but they uh, eliminated, they captured Bagbo, they defeated, I guess even using the word defeat seems sad, um, but in any case, Watara is now the un- mostly uncontested president. Bagbo is no longer leading a force or making decisions. I'm not actually sure about his whereabouts at the moment, but he is uh, no longer president of Ivory Coast. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the Japan issue, which has been a reoccurring topic here on the podcast, continues. There's still lots of discussion about what's going to happen with the people, especially the people that live in the exclusion zone, that are not allowed to return to their homes. And not so long ago, earlier this month, people were, a few people were allowed to go inside part of the exclusion zone and get some of their possessions, which is mind-boggling because I suppose these possessions have to be washed to such a degree that, you know, removing radioactivity um, sounds like a very grueling, difficult process. And I'm sure we'll hear from Karamun, who is still in Japan, who is doing fine, by the way, uh, under the circumstances. And, of course, he is closely following and doing his best, along with Tokyo Hackerspace, to help with uh, recovery. Uh, So those are a few updates uh, here in the United States. Perhaps you'll be curious to know uh, what I've been paying attention to or noticing. Uh, Of course, I notice the amount of businesses that have been closed down, the amount of abandoned buildings everywhere you go. I have said this last year. It continues to be true. Um, I also notice, and now keep in mind, I've only been in New Jersey. I've been in Maryland, uh, Delaware, Pennsylvania, near Philadelphia, and New York City. Now, this may not be the case for the entire country, but I think it's quite telling. The infrastructure, the roads. I've never seen the roads this bad. I have a vague recollection of the 80s when I was a kid, and perhaps it was this bad with huge craters, not just potholes, in the roads, and this general feeling when you're on the highway or when you're in your local town, even inside the cities, sometimes in the cities it's the worst, that the governments, be it state, uh, especially state governments, have no money, and so the roads go completely ragged, and every now and then you might see a little patch uh, truck trying to fill in a pothole, but it's, it's uh, a thousand potholes to every one filled And I find this to be a bit the story of the United States right now. Uh, Potholes everywhere and people just driving over them, uh, trying to carry on. Uh, It it, it is a pleasure to be here in the place where I was raised and to see my friends. But it is also alarming to see how bad the economy is. Uh, I was in Baltimore today, just briefly a stopover. And, you know, I'm inside the bus, but I'm looking out the window, and it is unbelievable uh, what has happened to that city. The abandoned, just on the topic of abandoned buildings, churches, institutions, houses above all, it's just one after another, boarded up, burnt out, trashed, empty, vacant, a ghost town. Yes, you can go to the center of Baltimore and there is life. It's, to me, uh, again, a big part of what's going on in the United States, that so many cities have been left behind. Uh, There are, of course, some cases, I was in Newark today, and there are parts of Newark that you think, oh, something good is happening here. 
but for every bit of something good is happening here, there is so much decay, uh, neglect, and uh, a shocking lack of hope uh, in a country that's so famous for being hopeful. Uh, there's not much hope here in this in this day and age. Uh, this is just my observations in the course of two weeks. Perhaps they're they're um, premature. That, that's possible. And other issues, of course, uh, what's happening with uh, future presidential elections, which are still far off, but a lot of discussion about whether or not Obama could uh, be reelected and and who could possibly beat him. Uh, Mostly the answer is, yeah, who? Because there is no one who could beat Obama. And, uh, you know, a lot of, of course, debates about whether or not he's a good president uh, ongoing, of course, most people quite disappointed with him, to be honest, even people who supported him. Uh, and that is mostly the story. I think I'll keep this to uh, a shorter podcast. Those of you expecting a guest, uh, perhaps I can get one in the coming weeks. I do have a topic coming up, and it's regarding poverty. Since we're talking about economic depression, I'm working on an article and a series of podcasts on how we look at poverty from a time when we used to say, the poor just need a bit of help. They need a bit of, uh, what's the word, a push, uh, some training, opportunities to a time where in much of the world people have this opinion, whether it's true or not, of an opinion that the poor are lazy, that the poor did it to themselves. And this type of talk has a major influence in how we treat each other and especially the poorer people of our society and then how we vote and how our elected officials behave uh, towards, especially towards the, the poor. I'll leave it at that. I hope uh, this podcast has provided you with some new information or perhaps some useful sources, as I mentioned, for especially for the Spain events going on. Don't be limited by language. Find a way, uh, just like when I'm traveling and I go somewhere where I don't speak the language, you find a way. You look at the other person, you look at hand signals, you look at anything visual or, or something familiar, and you can understand something that you wouldn't have known otherwise. I think the same applies when we are looking at various news sources and wanting to know what's happening in a place that perhaps doesn't speak our language. Uh, One more bit of news. Late next week, so we're talking the second week of June, I will be in Tbilisi, Georgia for the first time in my life. I'm doing a project there in cooperation with Small World News, or should I say as part of Small World News, that would be more accurate. Um, And I'll give you more details on that as it develops. But right now, I can definitely tell you, I will be going to Tbilisi and, uh, well, learning all about the former Russian Republic and meeting with young people, old people, but especially young people, young people who have a cause, who have a desire for for greater media choice and doing their own reporting. Um, So I'm looking forward to that, and I will surely do podcasts from there. But in the meantime, I have a few more days here in the United States. So if you want to get in touch, if you want to correct me or add something to the discussion, you can go to citizenreporter.org, where I am also writing about the experience. I haven't done a video in a while, but we'll get there. And of course, I do ask that if you like my work, if you followed me, be it for a short time or a longer period of time for years, there are buttons on my website. There is Flatter. That is my favorite option. You can support me by flattering what I do. Don't worry about how much. Just click the button and say, I want to support this 
this piece of work, this, <laughs> this journalist, this reporter. Uh, you can also use PayPal, and there you can be specific about how much you want to uh, donate to my work. That's up to you. But what I ask is that you do support, and it doesn't have to be every month, but it surely can be at some point. You can help support this work with me going forward, and you can also help support, of course, by suggesting, by communicating, by reacting in a constructive way, not just saying, that's no good, I don't agree, but give me something more. Let's do something, let's build something, even in disagreement. All right, that's all for today. From New Jersey, I am Bicycle Mark, citizenreporter.org. See ya. See ya. Abre sendas por los cerros, deja su huella en el viento. El águila le da el vuelo y lo cobija el silencio. Nunca se quejó del frío, nunca se quejó del sueño. El pobre siente su paso y lo sigue como ciego. Correle, correle, correla, por aquí, por allí, por allá. Correle, correle, correla, correle que te van a matar. Correle, correle, correla. Correle que te van a matar, correle, correle, correla. Su cabeza es rematada por cuervos con garra de oro, como lo ha crucificado. Del poderoso, hijo de la rebeldía, lo siguen veinte más veinte, porque regala su vida. Ellos le quieren dar muerte. Correle, correle, correla. Por aquí, por allí, por allá Correle, correle, correla Correle que te van a matar Correle, correle, correla Correle que te van a matar Correle, correle, correla